came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Hey, everybody out there. Hope you're having a wonderful day. It's the podcast from outer space with your boy, Rob Scott. We got the wonderful Adam Narlock in the house tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And as always, doing wonderful, Try and Scott. Ah, thank you, sir. You are too kind. Hello, everybody. And today's episode 55 is none other than the Stargate Project. Now, Stargate Project. I mean, okay. I mean, it's really not Stargate Project, right? It's more... uh, I mean, how do we even start this one, guys? Help me out here. Well, if you want to go online to www.podcastfromouterspace.com, we've got plenty of new merch for you guys to check out. Thanks for listening. Maybe you could remotely view that using your mind. And that's pretty much what we're talking about today, huh? Well, I mean, help me out here. Because it's basically no secret that the CIA, um, Central Intelligence Agency, um, they have experimented with drugs, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, sleep deprivation, a um, bunch of torture techniques. Am I oh, right? Who hasn't? I mean, we all know this, right? This is common knowledge. Yeah. CIA is not the only one experimenting with drugs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and uh, so... Substances of choice. This is one of their more fringe topics, I guess, they've explored. But also, this is not just the CIA. This is the Army, and I guess we'll just put it under the umbrella of the government. Not just ours, either. Yeah, because okay. as we'll see, this is kind of... But, you know, okay... Here, let me start over because this this actually was a requested episode many many moons ago. Mm. Um, so thank you to that listener who is in fact a veteran um, that may or may not be involved in some sort of psyops program as we speak. Mm. Interesting. Now, but uh, basically, I'm looking into this stuff. And I figure, hell, let's do an episode. Um, Stargate. Obviously, I started with Project Stargate Remote Viewing, um, which is essentially like Stargate Project, U.S. military, and scientific research into um, like paranormal um, activity. <laughs> like, uh, not like the so movie. An episode on paranormal. Activity. No, it's like a paranormal <laughs> phenomenon, like like pinpointing that and using it to their strategic advantage. You know. And as I go deeper and deeper, I'm actually getting into just psyops as a whole, which is like psychological warfare. You're familiar? Mm. A lot of, also a lot of abbreviations. We're getting tactical this episode. Basically, you abbreviate anything and it's going to sound like military, you Mm. know? Sensory deprivation, that's SENSDEP. That's SENDEP. PFOS, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, PFOS. <laughs> That's like the military term for the podcast. Doing a little REM viewing. Yeah, you know, shit like that. Now, so I'm getting deeper and deeper. And again, I mean, this topic, deep and wide, uh, and we're just skimming the top, you know, like a pool skimmer. Um, and I mean, here we go. Let's try to let's try to take a stab at explaining some of this shit because it's very fucking dense. I mean, Right off the bat, what do you guys know? So if we're going just Project Stargate remote viewing, I mean, what do you guys know? Did you ever come across this stuff in conspiracy theories, TV, movies, anything like that? Uh, shameless plug here, I guess, since the new season of Stranger Things coming out this week. That's the first time I really ever even heard of remote viewing, anything like that. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there something on TV called Stargate? Am I wrong? Stargate yeah. SG One. See, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. got a whole bunch of YouTube videos but about that. That's like uh, I don't think. I that's, mean, it's obviously not the same thing. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's like space that's what I first thought of when I saw the title. But then, if you want to talk remote viewing, I had I had never really looked into it as a uh, government operation until we started doing research for the podcast. Well, yeah, because Stargate, the movie, that's like. Um, like a, a portal to another dimension with like Egypt. That's that's like a whole nother thing. And well, maybe I'm thinking though, if you're think if you're talking remote viewing, you're kind of it's not really a portal per se, but you're kind of viewing from someone else's perspective, right? Well, are you? I think it's kind of bullshit, but. Well, all right. Well, okay. So, yeah, that's that's my next question that's because just based on my research, like right up front. I mean, psychic power. Also, what is the definition of psychic? That's like any sort of like clairvoyant or like um, Jedi mind. Truth. It's basically, it's, using your mind to connect to a, another source of energy or power. Ooh. That's how I would define it, right? Now, you're a big psychic guy. <laughs> big He's psychic a psycho. Guy. <laughs> um, here we go uh, psychic definition relating to uh, phenomena that are apparently inexplicable by natural laws so really that could be a lot of things like a UFO basically uh, yeah most most is like uh, telepathy or clairvoyance now what do you guys think like right uh, right off the bat when you hear psychic powers um, I mean honestly up until a couple of years ago I was pretty uh closed off to the idea of it but i've actually experienced some energy healing and it actually worked <laughs> okay now so you would pay for that i wouldn't pay for it but... <laughs> so well actually i guess i would so yeah, you would I go would. to like one of them psychic neon sign palm readers or no something? i'm not gonna go get my palm read but well that's the same type of thing right mm, i don't know i mean it's in the same realm of things, but I don't think that getting your palm read or your future told is the same thing as like shifting energy. That's like one branch of it. I feel like though one person, yeah. their yeah. psychic ability well, is I can see the future. Well, one that's, person's, that's I what I was saying. People. It's like yeah. the same like realm of things, yeah. but I mean, I don't know. I, I feel you. like anyone can just set up a shop and say, Oh, come, well, get, apparently come let me read we, your cards. Come let me read your palm. When I was doing the research and watching the Viceland videos, apparently we all have psychic powers. It's just to what extent. Oh, you know? oh yeah. It's like, I watched um, that also. yeah, I did watch that, that dude too. In the weird turbo Negro costume. Yeah. That's, and it's like someone that kind of made me think it was BS. No, yeah. he's looking like daft punk. Yeah. That's what I would say. And okay, it's like, well, um, way, same thing. Like Beethoven, he could like, or uh, he was deaf, right? Was it Mozart that could he like see someone play piano and just right off the bat play it? Well, that's not a question for me, buddy. It's <laughs> like some people are are can do that with music, others can't. Like Charlie when he's playing the keyboards and he's like, "Oh, they just make sense to me, man. I get them." <laughs> it's like some people remote viewing, they get it, others don't. You know. Mm. But so psychic powers. I mean, we're thinking some realms of it are possible, some aren't. I mean, I think all realms of it are possible. It just depends on like what you can connect to. Like some people can connect to something that allows them to to see what someone else is seeing, like remote viewing, like we're talking about. Some people can connect to like an energy source, you know? Okay. 
Now, some people can connect to uh, something that's allowing them to, you know, pull these cards and read them for you. Tarot cards? Yeah, I don't know what that's called. Now, no tea bag. What are we thinking? What do you think regarding psychics? I mean, it's got to be possible, right? Anything's okay. possible. Yeah, so most reactions when you ask people about this stuff, it's either they discount it entirely or it's a full-on belief. Uh, there's like no middle ground, right? They either like laugh at it or they're like, oh, yeah, I, I believe in that stuff, you know? Uh, but as we'll come to find out, the truth of the matter is probably somewhere in between. Uh, now, for those that don't know, uh, remote viewing has basically came to be coined as a more scientific pro- approach to clairvoyance. Uh, so a remote viewer is defined as someone with the ability to gather information about a distant or unseen target uh, using paranormal means or extrasensory perception. Now, it's also a little confusing, and maybe you guys can help me explain uh, because what I understand it as is like the the remote viewer is viewing whatever it is through someone else. Like someone has to be near what they're trying to examine. Like it's basically they're tapping into the collective consciousness kind of. Like yes. so if you subscribe to the idea that everyone's conscious is on like some sort of higher realm or dimension, they're like tapping into that to use them to see the thing, right? Well, see, the way that I understand it is that everyone's consciousness is able to tap into a higher realm, but some people just don't understand how to use that ability yet. Okay. So I feel like for remote viewing to work properly, both people have to be tapped into like that certain frequency for it to work right. Because I feel like in that Viceland one, they just got that random guy that had like no real connection to the guy who was supposed to be doing the remote viewing. And I think that Mm. was like a poor example because he wasn't really like fully tapped in. That's why his answers seemed kind of like vague. Yeah, I was going to say like, I mean, he he sat there and said like, oh, there's something that connects water sources or whatever. Like, okay, I... I could probably take a guess at that and give you some generic bullshit description. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what right. I, that's 50% of the time. Yeah. That's kind of what I got from it too. It's like, um, what, like astrology, you know, Okay. like that stuff is so vague that of course you're going to read it and be like, Oh my God, oh, this is me. totally that's me. me. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. the same thing. Like they're giving vague answers that could be like, because remember how in the Viceland thing, also we're talking about the Viceland has like a science of remote viewing video on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, but or don't. It's not that cool. It's like they get the people to match it up, and it's like your mind is going to make sense of stuff. Like that's how the mind works, is to make sense of stuff. So it's going to mm. bridge these gaps that are in – like if that guy had said exactly where it was, that would be one thing. But uh, like you're saying, it's vague answers, you know? Right. Well, then see, we're watching this one, and they like send people there. So like I'm just trying to make sure we're on the same page because it sounds like – Well, I don't know. I think that's what I kind of understand it as, but – You're like seeing through somebody else's eyes, right? Essentially, yes. But I've also, I kind of, when I first got into it, was understanding it as they could just see anything. Right. Like the person didn't have to be there. A remote viewer could just, like, 
my biggest example is like Eleven in Stranger Things mm. when she does the sense step stuff. Um, like she puts the blindfold on and has the static playing and then she can like essentially find people, you know? It's like that. Yeah, that was kind of my – when it first all started out with like yeah. Stanford and everything and the army and all that stuff. So it could be – I, I mean, think that's like a higher level of it. But I think what they're showing in that video is like a very basic, basic. version okay. of it. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Now, I mean, as we stated earlier with this whole like rebranding of clairvoyance, uh, remote viewing has its roots in early occult and spiritualist movements of the 1800s. Uh, you know, this stuff basically continued to be seen. Like, think about as far back as that, like the early spiritualist movement mm. and then clairvoyance, like it kind of be was seen as like a fringe science and even a pseudoscience well into the 1930s. Because, uh, you know, there are these like traveling con men, like <laughs> the dude in uh, Wizard of Oz that's in the trailer. They were like these, like just trying to make a dime off of this stuff, uh, became more like a circus than a field of study. And a lot of guys, like if they tried to break into this to study it scientifically, they were like feared being mocked by the science community, you know? Okay. So think about those old timey guys trying to do research into this, but there were so many con men making a mockery of it, you know? Dude, I actually, when I was doing the research on it, I came across, I think it was on that Unsolved Mysteries that we were talking about. There were apparently, like right after the Civil War, there was all these photographers that would call themselves spirit photographers, and they would go to like the families of someone that had just died, and they would take their photograph and then they would take like a photograph from their house and double expose it so it looked like just a very faint outline of the person <laughs> in the background. Yeah, see, that's, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, your 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 husband, you know, he's watching over your family." Yeah, like and they sell it to him for like a hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah, trying to make a fucking buck, and they're just con men, you know, preying on the weak, a yeah. uh, bunch of pieces of shit. Now. <laughs> Now, even as early as the 1940s, um, there were inklings of occult and paranormal practices making their way into the military. Um, this started with a little group uh, you may have heard of called the Nazis. Way into this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like little side rant, uh, this group, the Ananerbe, that was basically Heinrich Himmler's science organization. Um, and this had an entire branch devoted to the survey of occult sciences. Now, while they weren't straight up looking into like clairvoyancy or remote viewing, I guess as far as we know, um, they were more focused on like artifacts related to magic, like Holy Grail, um, Spear of Destiny, the Tesseract, <laughs> uh, Spear of Destiny, which is like the spear that pierced uh, Jesus on the cross, you know. Mm. And actually, there are some crazy stories with that, which is like another episode for another day. But they did devote some study to ESP and psychokinesis. And um, apparently, the U.S. later learned that the Soviets, the Soviets apparently looked into this subject as well. And when uh, U.S. intelligence learned about this, thus began the sort of psychic arms race, if you will. Getting very deep into magic. Yeah, now, now personally, I think this is like a spillover from Operation Paperclip because, I mean, guys, who split up a majority of the Nazi scientists after World War II? Us. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, it was the U.S. and it was Russia. 
And so if if these guys are going to we'll Russia, take a couple of them, you guys take a couple of them. Yeah, and I mean, you think these scientists are going to stop looking into this sort of shit? I don't think so. They're going to keep doing it just under a different moniker. You know, we had fucking Werner von Braun getting us to the moon. Mm. You know. Just a giant pissing contest. Yeah, I mean, like, think about this guy trying to fucking uh, hang Jews in his factory, and the U.S. is like, uh, Werner, uh, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know? But, the war's over, buddy. Come yeah, on. hey, come on. Give it a break. Uh, but, you know, these guys, I, of course, they're going to keep looking into this stuff. Now, by the 1960s, um, there was the rise of the hippies, uh, acid, big in the 60s and along with that came the emergence of this whole like new age movement <laughs> uh and this caused a resurgence into more fringe studies um being looked into by more like open-minded sciences scientists uh you know you had fucking timothy leary harvard guy like dropping acid all over town riding buses giving people acid you had john c Lilly making float tanks jerking off dolphins jeff and, bridges train uh, jedi yeah and these guys had government funding what a time to be alive <laughs> so the military's like hey let's get a few fucking let's get some skrilla ourselves on this subject you know Give us some money. We're going to look into this shit. Now, as far as like... Yeah, they don't have enough money, so give them some more. And, you know, while we're on the subject of dropping acid and jerking off dolphins, <laughs> did you guys... Are you guys aware of... Have you ever heard of the flow state? You familiar with that? Yeah. So when you get into like a certain mindset... Kobe certain Bryant. flow <laughs> is when you're like the most productive. So a lot of people experience that when they're on psychedelics. So the government recently... Its newest thing is studying people at Burning Man because they want to know what dosage, what, you know, what it takes to get people into the certain flow state. But hmm. I think what they don't understand is that this kind of thing is like different for everyone because like right, I could right, take right. an eighth of mushrooms, you know, that's not going to affect me, a big guy like me, same as it's going to affect, you know, teabag over there. Well, like some people can smoke and like paint masterpieces and other people just slap their asses off other and have people, the munchies. Yeah. You know, smoke a little weed in their bathroom and they're laughing all night. <laughs> I was just wondering if you had even heard about that. I had not. I've heard about alpha like flow state, but I think again that's like some bullshit thing. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Like that's just something that somebody comes up with to sell some type of new drug, you know? <laughs> It's all about making a dime. Yeah, that's what I think personally. Okay. Um, but, you know, as we talked about earlier, like really uh, militaries looking into um, psychic type stuff can be traced back uh, as early as the Nazis in the 40s. But officially in the 1950s, the CIA starts extensive research into behavioral engineering. And with this, the CIA... They were basically trying to completely control a person's behavior. Now, isn't this like um, like Manchurian Candidate? Like uh, fucking, was it in Zoolander? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's like what that is, right? Um, they wanted to fragment minds through trauma and then rebuild the fragmented parts into multiple personalities that could um, be separately programmed. So that personality A would not know what personality B um, was doing even though both personalities share the same body. Ooh. Kind of like about split. It. 
Yeah, yeah, the CIA was actually doing this. I mean, think about, dude, Mark David Chapman, the guy that shot John Lennon. Some say that. Uh, Sirhan Sirhan, the guy that shot Bobby Kennedy. Some say he was like programmed. Uh, if you actually look into his assassination, like if you look into how Sirhan Sirhan assassinated and like the interviews after, there's like a lot of stuff that points to this guy could have been programmed, you know, by some sort of fucking agency or something. John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> oh, that's a little beforehand. <laughs> uh, but this also goes along the lines of like, MK Ultra, you know, the mind control experiments in 1953, which we'll, of course, do an entire episode on. Mm. And more or less, the findings from these two experiments led to the formation of Stargate Project. Because by the 1970, uh, as we said, U.S. intelligence sources believe that the Soviet Union was spending $60 million or so annually on psychotronic research. Uh, this is, I guess, similar to that behavioral programming. And in response to, I guess, murky at best claims that the Soviets had produced results, the CIA uh, initiated funding for a new program known as Scanate or Scan by Coordinate. Uh, research into remote viewing began in 1972 at the Stanford Research Institute, or SRI, in Menlo Park, California. Scientists Russell Targ and Hal Puthoff uh, used films like they had, I guess, films of Soviet experiments along with other data. And these guys took it to the CIA and basically convinced them to invest in their studies into psychic research. Now, what if this was just the Soviets playing mind games with us? Like, oh, here's here's the footage. Well, yeah, some say it is, especially those films, like those early films. Some say it's just it's just this game of disinfo, just mm. like with, with Roswell and the aliens, you know, um, all that sort of shit. I mean, just like we talked about with Bob Lazar possibly being disinfo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, some people do say that this is total disinfo just to get us to, like, use our resources to, like, look into something that's bullshit, right? Now, in 1977, the Army Assistant Chief of Staff for Intelligence, or ACSI, Systems Exploitation Detachment, uh, started the Gondola Wish Program to evaluate potential adversary applications of remote viewing. Uh, now, as far as the military is concerned, there was a secret U.S. Army unit established in 1978 at Fort Meade, Maryland, by the Defense Intelligence Agency and SRI, which is became a California contractor. SRI it was formerly Stanford Research Institute. Now it's just known as SRI International. Uh, but essentially, this unit was established in order to investigate the potential for psychic phenomena in military and intelligence applications. Now, by mid-1978, the Army formed this into a fully operational program by the name Grill Flame, uh, based in buildings 2560 and 2561 at Fort Meade, Maryland. And their whole aim was to... Study the capabilities and vulnerabilities associated with paranormal phenomenon. Now, grill flame. <laughs> At this point, these guys are just like, I. what I imagine is like a bunch of dudes 
that just would go cook out <laughs> out back of these buildings and like, yeah, we're looking into psychic research. <laughs> like, they're just fucking jerking what off. What are you guys doing point? back here? Uh, this is Operation Grill Flame. We're gonna need you to step back. <laughs> you don't have authorization to be here. It, like Grill Flame, who's coming up with these names? Burger King. <laughs> now, uh, in they're early fun in the research. <laughs> yeah. So in early, <laughs> we get to pick the name of it. We're putting down the money. <laughs> Well, maybe it's kind of like you were saying, like a uh, war of the words kind of thing, where if it's called grill flame and someone hacks into your system, they're not gonna. That's not gonna be the first thing. They're that's the at, first thing know? I'm. Yeah, they're maybe they're <laughs> looking for the goofiest shit because they know that's the craziest shit. Maybe. Uh, well, in early '79, the research at SRI was integrated into Grill Flame, which uh, was redesignated. Inscom Center Lane Project, ICLP, and in September of 79, the Army conducted its first operational remote viewing session. Uh, Typically in these experiments, psychic personnel were asked to do things like access and describe locations such as the U.S. Library of Congress, a distant lighthouse, or Stonehenge. And in many cases, these experiments were believed to be successful. So this is basically they're like, hey, here's some coordinates. Yeah. Describe I, the location to me. I think so. But see, this goes off the fa- um, the like 11 theory. Like it's not like somebody was there and they were viewing it through their eyes. Right. This, they're just explaining like a place in the world mm-hmm. and seeing if they can describe it right. Uh, now in March of, of that same year, 1979, Remote viewers working at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and at SRI correctly located a downed Soviet Tu-22 aircraft. Uh, Now, allegedly, the story goes, a Soviet bomber had gone down in the jungles of Africa. The CIA and military intelligence used everything from, like, satellites to just straight-up boots-on-the-ground human intelligence and they had nothing. Like they were coming up with nothing, trying to find this aircraft. So they had nothing to lose. And the military basically contracts the remote viewing operation at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, the same place they allegedly took the aliens from Roswell. Mm. And uh, they put Rosemary Smith on the job, who was able to draw maps that pinpointed where the aircraft was down to within a few miles. Uh, the CIA sent paramilitary team to the jungle near the area where Smith said it would be, and they saw a villager carrying a piece of the aircraft out of the jungle, and this led them directly to the crash site. So, I mean, what are we thinking there? Like, obviously, that's pretty, pretty like, uh, strong proof, right? Allegedly. Or is that just a lucky guess? That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to She's figure out. She's just throwing darts at a map <laughs> and like saying, hey, this is where it is, and she hits it like oh, right here, on the money? Here's all the places they've looked. Let me just go right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so or they just saw the kid, and they were like, hey, where the fuck did you find that? They took him to it. Well, yeah, but uh, these guys went to right where she drew on the map. Like it, They weren't there before she said, this is where you'll find it. Hmm, you were know? you there? Rob, I read it from legitimate <laughs> sources. Were you there? No, I was not. Two can play that game. Uh, now, these methods were also supposedly used 
to locate Brigadier General Joseph L. Dozer, who had been kidnapped in Italy in 1981. Now, that's the case from Men Who Stare at Goats, right? Um, or they mention it, maybe? Yeah, they mention okay, it okay. in Men Who Stare at Goats. A lot of this stuff is actually mentioned in that film, and it's like loosely... It's just like um, a fictional story based on a lot of this stuff, if you've seen the film. Now, by late 1985, the army funding was terminated, but the program was redesignated Sunstreak and funded by the DIA's Scientific and Technical Intelligence Directorate. So, like, basically at this stage, they're just kind of hot potatoing this thing around. Like, army, okay, army, you fund it for a while. Oh, DIA, now they got the funding. Um, we'll toss it to the CIA. Like it's just going back and forth and getting different names. And in 91, most of the contracting for the program was transferred to Scientific Applications International Corporation. So in 91, uh, this is when it was given its final name of Stargate, or so we think. Now, in 1995, uh, the program was transferred from DIA to CIA oversight, and the Stargate project was terminated and declassified in 95 after a CIA report concluded that no remote viewing report ever produced actionable information for any intelligence operation. Uh, the CIA terminated the $20 million project, citing lack of documented evidence that their program had any value to the intelligence community. Uh, Time Magazine also stated in 95 that three full-time psychics were still working on a $500,000 a year budget out of Fort Meade, Maryland. Uh, but this, would, this operation would soon close. That's the next job I'm applying for, dude. A fucking psychic? $500,000 a year? Yeah, I mean, this project as a whole, they put $20 million into this. Just to, like, come up with nothing. And the Russians are over there laughing their asses off. Come up with nothing. You just said that she pinpointed that location. But when they declassified it, they said, hey, none of this was ever, um, like, none of this ever, like, it was too, um, what do you call it? Like, too wishy-washy, too inconsistent. They right. could never get, like, full-on results all the time. Like that guy said, like, what do you say? Like 60 or 80% is considered accurate in that Viceland video? Yeah, which is like, a, that's like a 50-50 <laughs> shot yeah, that you're going to get it, uh, you know? And at the project's height, there were over 22 active military and civilian remote viewers providing data. And when the project closed in 95, this number had dropped down to three, one of whom was using Terra cards. So basically, by the time this shit is shut down in 95, there were just like three guys sitting in a room fucking around with tarot cards. Barbecuing. Yeah, <laughs> grill flame, as we Th call it. This could be us, man. We could be sitting around with tarot cards. That's what I'm saying. What the hell, dude? This is probably one of the best jobs to get <laughs> in the fucking army or CIA. Um, now, according to Joseph McMonagle... I guess is how you say that. Uh, this was one of the soldiers involved in the project. He claimed that... The Army never had a truly open attitude towards psychic function. Now, as we'll find out, there's a lot of players in this game. Uh, some were open-minded. Others wanted to just shut this shit down. Uh, you know, as we'll see here in a minute as we get into some of these guys. But there are some who believe perhaps the program was declassified to publicize its cancellation, quote-unquote, uh, while operations continued only to go deeper and blacker. 
That's racist. <laughs> now, I mean, what, like that could be true, right? Like Rob, you were saying, hey, they found the jet. Maybe they're like, hey, this shit does work. We're but gonna fucking like, nope, it does, guys. Does oh, work. doesn't work. And then yeah, it's we're just, canceling it. Yeah, huh. because it was like on, uh, like maybe it wasn't necessarily a black project, and then they make it so that nobody can ever see the results. You know, mm-hmm. they're just pushing it down uh, deeper and deeper. Now, some even go as far as claiming that this uh, technology, quote unquote, of remote viewing and remote influencing has moved into private sector. Mm. Uh, As most of the people involved in these programs have started their own private enterprises, uh, selling their psychic services and offering training programs. Now, with this remote influencing, is that like the assassins, like making people's hearts stop or... Yeah, I think I think so. It's like um, just being like not only being able to see something, but being able to like control that person's okay, mind or okay. actions. Like I think that's uh, remote influencing. Operation Char Grilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Operation Flame Broil. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get to some of the players in the game. So Lieutenant Frederick Holmes Skip Atwater. Uh, this guy was more or less, we'll say, the founder of the Army's remote viewing unit back in uh, 77, 78. Um, he served as training officer and operations officer. So this guy recruited and trained the first remote viewers assigned to the unit. Now, there's also Major General, which is a two-star general, Albert Stubblebind III. Uh, this guy was a key sponsor of research and it internally at Fort Meade, Maryland, and Stubblebine was convinced on a wide variety of psychic phenomena. Uh, he required that all of his battalion commanders learn how to bend spoons <laughs> from this guy named Erie Geller. This guy was basically Chris Angel. <laughs> um, and Stubblebine himself attempted several psychic feats, even attempting to walk through walls. Guess what we're doing after this recording, boys. Uh, some spoons walking through walls. In the early 1980s, he was responsible for the United States Army Intelligence and Security Command, um, during which time the remote viewing project in the U.S. Army officially began. Um, it is worth reiterating here that from 1981 to 1984, General Stubblebine was the head of U.S. Army Intelligence and Security Command. Now, let's listen to a clip of this guy just to hear what he's all about. You know, the electron, or the atom, is made up mostly of space. Okay, well, my space, my space. is made up of, of atoms. The wall space is made up of atoms. All you got to do is merge the spaces. But I didn't master it. John, I never got there. Didn't do it. I just haven't figured out how my space fits through that space because I kept bumping my nose. (laughs) This was the head of Army Intelligence. Well, boys, it's over. (laughs) This guy was a two-star general in the United States Army. Now, programs he pursued as head of intelligence or tried to pursue tried to pursue included programs into psychic healing endorsed by our very own Rob Stone 
The probability that time was simply another axis in space that we should be able to travel through space in past and future time as easily as we travel through space in present time. And that soldiers could be trained to burst hearts with thought and suggested experimenting on animals. Now, they actually did do a couple of these experiments, right? Like they did the um, whole goat thing, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And... um, now, eventually, this guy was succeeded by Major General Harry Soyster, uh, who was much more conservative and conventional, uh, not as open-minded as these other guys. And Major General Soyster uh, was not open to continuing paranormal experiments, and therefore, the Army's participation in Project Stargate ended during his tenure. Uh, but as we know, the Army basically just handed it over to the CIA to continue experimenting with this shit. Now, another guy, uh, another big player, I mean, he's not necessarily, this guy isn't necessarily big on remote viewing, although he did like uh, have a big role in that. Um, I threw this guy in here because this is going along the lines of that like whole in the 60s, like new age and like why the army started looking into this. Uh, Jim Shannon. Now, this is, if you've seen Men Who Stare at Goats, this is Jeff Bridges' character. Um, This guy was a U.S. Army lieutenant colonel. He served two tours in Vietnam, and Shannon noted that in Vietnam, most of the soldiers were essentially good people who were not eager to kill another human being. Mm. Now, this is actually, uh, there's a whole book, um, if you're more interested in this shit, called On Killing, which is like, the psychological effects of like killing another guy in war. And it's like breaks down how like a lot of the soldiers aim high because they really didn't want to kill somebody else. Um, But that's a whole nother topic for another day. Uh, Essentially what's important is this guy was in Nam. He saw this shit. He's in Viet fucking Nam. It's like this whole other place. And uh, he he thought, you know, could this humanitarian instinct be repurposed into a new kind of weapon? And he co-authored with Colonel John Alexander the first Earth Battalion operations manual. Now, this will be the just Google it. Check this thing out. You can find PDFs of it all over the web. And in this manual, Shannon proposed a set of warrior monks. Jedis. Uh, who would approach enemies with baby lambs, offering the enemies hugs and blasting music from speakers in their backpacks. Like it was this whole like new age army, basically. <laughs> and, well, uh, call this project Big Mac because I'm loving it. <laughs> and like essentially their creed, like he even came up with a credo and each member of the first Earth Battalion would be sworn to uphold a credo of high commandos and guerrilla gurus. That went as follows. They were going commando? I have the capacity and therefore the duty to contribute to the development of myself, my associates, and our planet simultaneously now. I will organize a self-supporting high commando group that will create and perform evolutionary breakthrough actions on behalf of people and planet. One people, one planet. And hey man, I will await the time when my group can connect naturally with others, higher and higher levels of awareness and performance. Now, I mean, 
Yeah, you can like we can make fun of this stuff all day. Like, hey, a hippie army is not going to be that effective. But I mean, the guy was kind of onto something here, right? Hey, I'll give him credit for the speaker backflip. I I didn't see that until I was in like oh, high dude, school, yeah. Dude. I mean, I and it, like yeah, Chad Muska, dude. Right. He he basically stole that idea <laughs> from this guy. Now, Shannon was also uh, the guy who came up with the Army's most successful recruiting slogan of all time. Uh, Maybe you guys have heard this slogan. We do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Hey, First Sergeant. Good morning. You can do it in the Army. Be all that you can be. That was from the... uh, First Earth Battalion Operations Manual. So obviously they weren't um, writing this guy off as a total idiot. I think they should have listened to more of what this guy said. I agree. I definitely would have joined the military if all I had to do was go around bumping music, giving Hitting out lambs. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Hugging people. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a very fucking progressive way of, look, of uh, operating a full-scale military, right? Warrior right. monks. That's fucking badass. Now, as far as that stuff goes, I mean, uh, like, you imagine just uh, special forces guys going up to fucking ISIS, trying to <laughs> hug them with lambs. That's probably not going to work. Out <laughs> not well. going to be that effective. Uh, but you know, psyops as a whole. So this is where I started looking into like psychological warfare, um, because all this stuff falls along the lines of that. Am I right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I uh, see a guy coming up to me holding a lamb. Well, not only not just that first battalion stuff. Oh, just in general. Yeah, but I mean, what you're gonna get tripped out by that? I mean, yeah, because it'd be like the crazy guy. Crazy yeah. always wins, man. <laughs> but uh, I mean, not only that stuff, just like remote viewing and mm-hmm. like psychic stuff and and paranormal, like using that in the military, like that's pretty much psychological warfare. And this shit actually goes back to like the Persian Empire and Alexander the Great type shit. But, you know, as far as like modern warfare, even in World War One, um, and this, I didn't even realize this as like, you know, like propaganda and shit mm-hmm. as like a means of psychological warfare. Oh, yeah. Because in World War One, over uh, like thousands of pamphlets were published during the war and distributed to neutral countries and eventually to Germany. And one of the first significant publications was uh, titled The Report on Alleged German Outrages of 1915. And this had a huge effect on like the general uh, public opinion across the world. Because think about it. If you get the world to back your cause, then you look like the good guy, right? Right, right. And that's a whole like uh, – that's, that's like playing on home – that's like home field advantage, right? <laughs> I like the analogy, yeah. Yeah, like you're a football guy. That's That does play a part in the game, right? Yeah. Now the pamphlet- It's all mental, dude. Yeah. I mean, this pamphlet documented atrocities, both actual and alleged, committed by the German army against Belgian civilians. So this played a huge uh, role. Now, in terms of being fine-tuned, like psychological warfare by a large-scale military- we can once again trace the beginnings of PSYOPs Don't back, say that. <laughs> back to 
Uh, the one and only, the fucking Nazis. Uh, Hitler was basically obsessed with mass propaganda in order to win the minds of the German people. I mean, he had a whole like branch devoted to this, mm. you know? Oh, and, even our own country, man. Like we had propping out movies yeah. and everything. Still are, dude. Yep, yep. Now, even in like the Vietnam War, uh, the U.S. used psyops in that they'd play tapes of disoriented human sounds all through the night, uh, making the Vietnamese soldiers think that the dead were back for revenge. Now, that's uh, honestly very fucking trippy because think about Vietnam. Everybody was doing heroin and fucking dropping acid, right? Like you ever seen uh, what, everyone? <laughs> yeah, you ever seen that movie um, Apocalypse Now? I don't think that's an accurate <laughs> take. On. It's like uh, it's like when they're playing the Jimi Hendrix, you know, at yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like imagine that, but it's just like sounds of people all fucked up, and they think it's like the zombie apocalypse. Okay. Now, most like modern uses of psychological warfare refer to the following military methods. I mean, the big one is demoralization, mm -hmm. like distributing pamphlets. Um, and they would even distribute pamphlets. This was big in the Iraq war on like instructions on how to surrender. And like, basically you're going to be fucked up like shock and awe military strategy, you know, like just bombarding them like a fucking blitzkrieg almost. And then they're like, Holy fuck. Uh, we're not going to win F surrender. You know, uh, basically, you know, get into the mind. Like in uh, Men Who Stare at Goats, when he's talking about like poke him with a pen so that blood squirts out, and then he's psychologically like, holy shit, you know? Yep, yep. Even projecting repetitive and annoying sounds and music for long periods at high volume towards groups under siege. I mean, this was big at like uh, Waco. That's how they got Noriega. Yeah, right. Um, then they like, blast shit with loudspeakers for like 24 hours spice girls okay the real noriega <laughs> and now there's even yeah, uh you guys might be familiar false flag events you're talking about nope <laughs> you're talking about where you like fly the flag of someone else uh so not... they come in and then you're like psych it's me bitch well like a, like you're a reverse trojan horse but it's over, boys. I mean, I guess technically that could be seen as that, like a false flag event. Like some people think 9-11 was a false flag. Some people, like it was planned by the U.S. to go into Iraq. Mm. Okay. Some people think some like, people? Uh, some people think like um, Sandy Hook and like these mass shootings are false flags organized to like polarize the country and shit, like Illuminati shit, you know? Uh, now, even like, this is interesting. I was looking up like the term false flag, Rob, as you were saying, originally referred to pirate ships that flew flags of countries mm -hmm. as a disguise. Um, and then boom, they would just fucking bombard them. And then even it could go as far as blaming another country for the attack. And then boom, they fucking, they're all of a sudden pulled like in. 9-11. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, allegedly. You know, that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that on the 9-11 episode. Um, and there's even the threat of chemical weapons um, because, you know, chemical weapons against yeah. the Geneva Convention. 9-11 again. Uh, but I did find an interesting story. Uh, Adam, you want to go ahead and read this for us um, in, re in reference to chemical weapons? Yeah. In 1994, researchers at the Wright Laboratory in Ohio 
Today's United States Air Force Research Laboratory put together a three-page proposal in which they detailed their $7.5 million invention, the gay bomb. <laughs> this, is, this is 100% true. The gay bomb would be a cloud of gas that would be discharged over enemy camps that contained a chemical that would cause enemy soldiers to become gay and to have their units break down because all their soldiers became irresistibly attractive to one another. Dude, this is what these scientists are thinking of, dude. This is what our t- ninety-four. <laughs> yeah, in ninety-four. They like just imagine these guys sitting around. Guys, they're grilling, they're grilling. <laughs> hear me out here, guys. We what if we make them gay? <laughs> oh, they got love potion number nine in that fucking <laughs> like, thing? yeah, that's how big of a threat they thought being homosexual was. Let's oh, like make God. the enemy so gay that they just they're running around dicks out. <laughs> that's some that's psychological warfare right there, dude. These guys were really just uh, head of the scientific curve there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, there's even like uh, fallen under psyops, like information warfare, which is, I guess, more or less propaganda. Mm. And propaganda is probably like the biggest one that everybody's aware of. You know, you put out all this shit that's like. You control the information. Yeah. You control. You control the narrative. Like what did Hitler say? Like you lie big enough and everybody believes it mm-hmm. or something like that? I don't know. Now we got around to reading Mein Kampf. Um, now there is still like events like this going on today. I mean, uh, like a lot of this shit falls under like psychological warfare, like the um, CNN and NPR interns. Remember this back in like, I think it was in the nineties. Monica Lewinsky. No, they found out that (laughs) the army psyops guys were like info, like they were interning at posing as interns at CNN and NPR. To control the media? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I okay. guess that's what they were getting at. And then these pro, like CNN and NPR found out about this and were like, yo, this is a huge conflict of interest. And they like canceled these programs because they didn't even know how deep and wide it went. Now, I mean, today, that's like the norm, you know? Mainstream media is, is fucking hugely, um, what do you call it? Influenced? Yeah, and like not even accurate, you know? <laughs> like this is this can all be traced back to the demise of the FCC rule, you know? Do you know the FCC fairness doctrine? This was in I'm familiar. This was introduced in 1949 and this um this was a policy that required um holders of broadcast licenses uh, to present controversial issues of public importance and to do so in a manner that was, according to the FCC, honest and balanced. You know, they would say, "Hey, you you have you can prov- you can um, broadcast like controversial issues, but you have to show both sides." Now, it didn't say how long you had to show both mm-hmm. sides or anything like that, but stations as a whole. Like they had to uh, discuss controversial matters of public interest and air both sides of the matters, you know? I believe it was the great Marshall Mathers that said, the FCC won't let me be. But, you know, this, this in 2011, this law was basically scratched. Like this nah, is... Forget it. Yeah, we're, we're not doing do this. whatever we want. Uh, and now like a lot of people say that that's uh, considered... Fake the con- news? Like that's why... Mm. 
it's, you have this rising level of um, polarity in the news today because they basically go, oh, uh, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. And now the fucking government's like sending out these prepackaged news stories that make them look good, uh, promote the kind of wars that we're involved in, like all this fucking bullshit. Fucking government, man. <laughs> they only want it, you to believe one side of it, man. Exactly. Even like, um, I mean, you, you know, we sit here and joke about like using the hippie voice on that, but that is actually true. Like the government's actually doing this. They're can, the fourth branch of the government, dude, the media. Mm. Fucking media, man. They want you to believe them. <laughs> There's even the toppling of the Saddam Hussein statue. You guys familiar with this? I've seen the footage. We've all seen the footage. Now, apparently, this can be seen by some as psychological warfare in that when they portrayed this, they made it look like the crowd was bigger than it actually was. And that, like, more people were backing it to say, like, oh, look at all this good we're doing, you know. Now, I'm not saying Saddam Hussein's a fucking great guy or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, they they go ahead and portray that how they want to paint themselves in a, in a positive light. And that's going to play into um, the public opinion. Okay. Now, during World War II, the United States Joint Chiefs of Staff defined psychological warfare as... Psychological warfare employs any weapon to influence the mind of the enemy. The weapons are psychological only in the effect they produce and not because of the weapons themselves. Now, the U.S. Department of Defense currently defines psychological warfare as... The planned use of propaganda and other psychological actions having the primary purpose of influencing the opinions, emotions, attitudes, and behaviors of hostile foreign groups in such a way as to support the achievement of national objectives. So really, like, what I kind of understand it as, like, today, psychological warfare is more so, like, propaganda and uh, public opinion, that sort of thing. Like, even controlling the media and the stories that are put out. Um, so, you know, don't trust everything you read, guys, or even everything you hear. But Except for us. Yes, I will guarantee that this is 100% a legitimate news source, <laughs> and we would never steer you guys in the wrong direction. So again, you know, PSYOPs today isn't quite what it used to be in the sense that uh, military guys are dosing each other with acid and trying to walk through walls. Unless your name's Nicklaus. <laughs> but as recent as 2014, the Office of Naval Research has an ongoing study into what they call Anomalous Mental Cognition, a $3.9 million program funded by the Office of Naval Research to investigate the existence of precognition, which they literally refer to as a spidey sense. Uh, now, because like, okay, I was reading an article on this, but again, this was from Navy.mil, so who knows Here's if that's drawing. even disinfo. You know, but uh, apparently they're researching this shit. Now, this was 2014. I don't know if it's still going on, but probably most definitely, right? You know, because of the stigma surrounding like ESP, clairvoyance, uh, remote viewing, really anything to do with supernatural, uh, the nomenclature has changed, but the research continues and the underlying goal remains the same. We got to one up the enemy. We got to destroy the enemy at all costs so you know they're still fucking looking into the shit and who knows what uh kind of crazy shit they're even doing to this day 
like you said, man, anything to get that home field advantage. Clearly, we know they're looking into Spidey Sense, but do you think they're doing some? I mean, do you think they're still going on with like remote viewing? Possibly, yeah. Okay. Now, I want to do a little experiment before we round this one out. Uh, I want to try. Um, I want to try an exercise here, Rob. Mm-mm. I have uh, <laughs> I, I have two envelopes here. You're going to be our remote viewer, and in each of these envelopes is a location. I want you to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. I want you to clear your thoughts, and I want you to describe the location. Now, I'm going to cut in. I'm going to tell the listeners what the location is. I'll cut that in after. In envelope one is a picture overlooking a lake from atop a mountain in Washington State. In envelope two is a picture of downtown San Diego overlooking Petco Park. Can you clear your mental thoughts? And you need to vaguely describe the location in envelope one, which I am holding in my hand right now. And if you get it wrong, we're going to shock you. Yes, we have a we have a shock under your seat. A shock, <laughs> and a shock a shock will a be a, a chakra will be admitted through your body. It'll be excruciatingly painful. So here we go. Close your eyes. Deep breaths. Clear your head. You have to clear your head. Envision what's inside the envelope. And I want you to vaguely describe what you see. Can I see these or no? You'll see him when we reveal him. Okay. The reveal? The gender reveal? <laughs> yeah, so come on. Let's uh, cl- now remember location. Mm, location, location, location. Um, I'm seeing that there is some sort of structure. Okay. Permanent structure. Okay. Um, there's water nearby. Okay. It's moving uh, very forcefully. <laughs> All right. Keep going. It's, yeah. a, it's a very calming area. It's very peaceful. Am I right? Let's see. Now, could you name this area? Uh, it's not quite clear to me. Now, where is the state? What state? Is that Washington? Yep. It's Washington. It's a picture of a lake. No permanent structures. You like it at? You don't think a mountain's a permanent structure? No. See that island out there? <laughs> I'm thinking he's thinking like a building. All right. All so, right, not bad. okay, not bad, not bad. I would say about, uh, what do you say, about 40% right on that one? I'll say 60. I'll say 50. I'll give him 60. We'll okay. say that one counts. All right. Envelope two. I close your eyes again. Okay. All right. Envelope two. What, what do we got? What are we seeing? Is this just purely on location? It's location. Location, location, location. Hmm. This one's a little bit uh, heavier of an energy I'm feeling. Okay. There's <laughs> a lot of people around this one. Oh, okay. You're doing good. You're doing good. Um, definitely more permanent structures here. I'm thinking skyscrapers, buildings. Okay. Now, could you, could you name the location? Is that coming to you at all? It is not. All right. Okay. Let's pause there. That's your final verdict? That's all you're getting? Yep. All right, it's Adam? Like, it's like a city. Okay. Downtown, maybe. Okay. Adam? Yeah. You want to try this one? No, I already know what it is. Okay. Now, honestly, I think you are a, a natural, Rob, because that is 
Ooh. I mean, that's right on the money. He's on the nose. As, as far as I'm concerned, this that's a, channeled. Yeah, that's 100%. I mean, this guy has tapped into his remote viewing. So, I mean, uh, all right, government, where do I sign up? <laughs> Where's that $500,000 <laughs> That was downtown San Diego, Picture Petco Park, aerial view. I mean, that is fucking right on the money. You High energy, baseball game, permanent structure city. You even said downtown. Skyscrapers. I'm going to give him a 90%. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say 90% that was on the money. That says... Not a lot of people. Downtown? Not there's no people. people at all in this picture. Well, not in the picture, but downtown, I guarantee you. There's people on the day. Not everybody, left, everybody left for the day. <laughs> Everyone out. We're taking I gave him 90%. Picture. Okay, so, I mean, there you have it, guys. Remote viewing, 100% legit. Um, <laughs> Our very own Rob Stone. Yeah, he's a, re- he's a regular. And... Um, there you have it. I mean, I want to cite on this one, check out um, a, an article, Facts Behind Men Who Stare at Goats by Lisa Peace, November 16, 2009, um, and also the Channel 4 documentary, Crazy Rulers of the World Part 1. Uh, both very interesting. Um, they go a lot into like the whole remote viewing aspect of like our government looking into it. Um, but... You know, if you guys know anything else or or have any other recommendations, uh, there you have it. And I mean, I think Rob's got the hang of it, but if we have any remote viewers out there, feel free to uh, drop us a line. Let us know. And um, that is all she wrote. No, that- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. As always, guys, feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Podcast from Outer Space. We got the old Gmail, Podcast from Outer Space at gmail.com. And the website www.podcastfromouterspace.com where you can feel free to pick up stickers mugs and other accessories soon to come now we don't have the mugs yet i said soon to come now we are running low on the uh white t-shirts we are running low in a medium and in the black t-shirts we are running low on large so if you are those sizes and you've been looking to get your hands on one uh go ahead and get them while supplies last guys Dad, if you're listening to this one, I just wanted to say I watched uh, Men Who Stare at Goats again, and it was just as strange as the first time we saw it together. Thinking of you. Uh, also, guys, big week. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> big week. Hope everybody has an excellent July 4th celebration. Um, be careful out there and stay safe, guys. Watch be, those keep being wonderful. Watch those fingers with the fireworks. Yep. Don't blow your dick off. And to all our listeners, so long and thanks for all the fish. Now come on, generals, let's move fast. Your big chance is here at last. Now you can go out and get those reds, because the only good commie is one that's dead. And you know that peace can only be one when you're blowing them all the kingdom come. Sing it! One, two, three. What are we fighting for? People, I don't know how you expect that.